Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Chan's Logic People Project, where we talk about people, the things they do, the trials and tribulations along the way, and how they ended up to where they are today. We've had a bunch of really cool guests, and I'm going to continue that by bringing on extra cool guests. So today I've got Jessica and the essence of her husband today. I love that. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks for jumping on. I'm pretty excited to talk to you. We've known each other for a little bit now through the the online world and through some of our other things we're doing. And I, I think you have a pretty cool story and a, it'll benefit a lot of people listening to the show. Mm, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I was trying to recall when we first met, but it was definitely in the fitness space. And uh, yeah, the, the beautiful world of like online marketing and online coaching where you feel really connected. We've in fact never met with each other person to person, but I feel it's like true. I have this great relationship. And so I love the, the beautiful place that we're in right now with online marketing and online businesses. So it's a pleasure and an honor to be here with you, Chandler. Yeah. And, and it's a pleasure to have you on. I think we'll have a, a cool conversation. I think we've you've had a cool, pretty neat transition recently. And we'll get into that where you've gone from business support and business help and transition to helping, still helping with business, but more on on like a personal development side. And that's a huge piece that a lot of people are missing that generally I don't see them understanding that they're actually missing until they blow up or freak out. So let's, let's just rewind to before any of that though. And talk to me about how you built to where you are, what, what was going on? How did your childhood look and how did your life look growing up? Mm, Wow. Okay. So I grew up with very, very driven entrepreneurial parents. And so I was always around business conversations and not only were they very business oriented, but they were involved in a family business. And so we had that family business dynamic where my parents were working in the same business along with my grandfather, my grandmother, aunts, uncles. And so it was this really interesting dynamic. And uh, through that, you know, I sort of witnessed a lot. I was very intuitive and empathic as a child. And I always, I always remember my parents at the dinner table talking about work. And I remember like saying to them, can you stop talking about work? And so there's these little bits and pieces. And I, and I also, you know, I had, a, I had a really great childhood, definitely some struggling moments, but there was these moments where I came to the conclusion that I would not own a business, nor would I ever be in business with my family because I just, I didn't want, like, I saw the struggles that my family experienced and like the disconnection at times at Thanksgiving dinner and Christmas dinner, where they tried to sort of leave business aside and really be present with the family. And I was like, I do not want that for myself. I'm going to do something totally different. And so I did. Uh, and I was always very, you know, I, I started really my first career at 16. So I was always very driven in that. And I always, you know, wanted to have a clean room and create things and, And so I went to beauty school through my high school and I became a hairstylist. That was my first business. And I worked in a salon before myself and I had sort of that first taste of freedom and independence and being able to like really create what I wanted for, for money and for like all things. Right. 
And from there, my second business, well, I should say my first business was working at Ponderosa Steakhouse. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a fun business because you're hustling for your yeah, tips totally. and everything. Yeah, totally. So that was number one. Number two was I became a hairdresser and then I started working for my aunt. And so this kind of like, I said I wasn't going to work for family. And then I went to work for my aunt who owned a hairstyling business uh, pretty close by. And then my third business was going to massage therapy school. And so I went away to school. At this point, I'm graduated from high school, just graduated. And I came home to take my boards. So I, I moved back in with my parents after being gone for about a year and a half. And, uh, and that was also like the party era of my life. <laughs> like I was going to massage school, but I was also like you know, testing things and just having a whole lot of fun in that space. And I came home and you can only take your massage board every six months. And I had just missed the six month cutoff. So I was like home doing nothing for six months. And my dad, who's very driven and very, you know, entrepreneurial was like, you can't just sit at home, Jessica, like you have to go do something. And he, he was a member at our local gym and he was like, they must be hiring. I'm sure I can talk to the management and get you a job, even if it's short term, like you can help at the front desk, whatever. And so like completely like dragging my feet and throwing like a little kid tantrum. I was like, I don't want to do that. I did it really to please him more than anything. I was very much came from a perfectionism, people pleasing mentality. It kind of was who I was from my childhood into my adulthood. And I'm finally breaking completely free uh, of that, which I'll get into in a bit. So I start working at this gym, fall madly in love with the gym. The, the manager begs me to start teaching group fitness classes. And I was still like partying and like not interested in fitness at all. She's like, we don't have anyone. We're so desperate. Will you just go get certified? We'll pay for you to go. And so I did it again, sort of kicking and screaming. And I fell so in love with it that I didn't even want to take my boards. I took them just like for the sole purpose of taking them so that like all the money that I pay for massage school, I wouldn't have so much guilt over that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I also, I didn't want to do hair. I just wanted to do fitness. I just wanted to teach, train. I just became madly in love with fitness in every way and nutrition totally changed my life. And one of the managers is now my husband. And so I met my soulmate there. And, um, and then fast forward quite a few years, I worked in, we worked together in this business. He managed, I was teaching and I was training and we, came home from our honeymoon. We got married in the Turks and Caicos, the small, uh, the small Island wedding. We came home and the previous business owners were like, Hey, we want out. Do you guys want to buy this gym? And at that point it was like a membership style facility. And so we were like the typical technicians who were super passionate about the industry, but knew not one thing about how to run a business or how to market, or how to do a sales consultation, or lead a staff, none of that. And we were never in that position to do those things in our roles. And so we're like, yeah, why not? (laughs) So that's really what launched us into all the things I said I wasn't going to do. 
be in business, be an entrepreneur, and also be in business with my family. Like I just got married to this man and now we're like our first year in marriage, like in the same year, 2009, well, January, 2009, we got married in September. We, we bought this gym. Oh, wow. That's pretty serious in your first year. (laughs) Yeah. It was almost our last year. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I can imagine you got double, like quadruple stress from the new business and then the, the new being with each other and just everything probably seems like it would be it would just implode on itself. <laughs> 110%. Yeah. And I remember my uncle who was also in the family business. He was actually he was the president of my family's business. And he sat us down and was like, are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you want to be in husband or in business? With you? He kind of painted the picture of what it could look like. And we're very much like, I'm very feminine. He's very masculine. And so I'm like, no, we love each other so much. <laughs> never happened. And then, yeah, it's tough. We worked through quite a lot in the first couple of years. Yeah. I, I, people don't really understand how difficult the gym is. I would, put it at the top 10 of one of the most difficult things to do because you have to convince, you don't not only have to convince the consumer that they should care about their health and wellness, but you also have to learn how to manage and run something when you just kind of wanted to have fun and get fit and own something where you thought that was going to be the sole aspect of it. And then you get into it and you're like, Oh, I'm in the shit now. I have to do marketing. I have to do business. I have to learn how to like how to sell, even though I don't like, if I, even if I don't like the sales word, I have to learn how to get people to buy my product. And then I have to make sure this whole thing doesn't fall apart and people stay. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is so challenging and it's really interesting because I, I don't know of one person who went into the the fitness industry as just an investor or just someone who wanted to own a gym. We always go in as a technician, the personal trainer, the group fitness instructor, and like that passion carries us into, well, I might as well just own the gym and just do that all the time. And yeah, like, like it shifts very quickly when you realize like, Oh crap. Like we, you know, we almost went bankrupt twice and we realized we were losing to our overhead and we had a pretty large space and we were in this transition. So because we bought a membership style gym, we wanted to convert it to a training studio and really focus on personal training and group training and boot camps, not like people come just do their own thing at the gym. It just, it wasn't who we were. And we wanted to be really hands-on with our client's experience and their results. And so in that process of us making that transition, we still didn't know what we were doing. We didn't have a business coach or any sort of business sense of like how to transition this. And we were losing on average of $10,000 every single month in our business. And so newly married, losing money, not knowing what we're doing. At that, at that time, I was very sort of living in this masculine energy because, you know, I just like, I was, I was very much like, fear-based thinking. So was my husband. It was like very like forceful into like making things work for us versus things working for us. And so it was really ugly. And then we threw a couple kids on top of that in that transition. It's even more difficult. So that that's tough. And when you're, you have kids, especially when you get in the process where you're losing money and you're facing bankruptcy, you start to get in the reactive mindsets. Just, we're always putting out fires. We're always cleaning up messes. Now we're cleaning up messes in the gym and we're cleaning up messes in our personal life. Now we have kids. Now what are we going to do? 
So it, I think it's one of the most difficult things. And a lot of people don't like to talk about it, especially in the gym industry. But uh, from my experience, there's a lot of people, I would say 60% of gym owners are suffering from something like this. Uh, and the ability to listen to your peers and talk about it helps a lot. So I think you guys, you must've had an amazing relationship to be able to pull through this whole thing and actually survive because usually everything falls apart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like to say that if you are, if you're in business with your significant other, then it is like being married to them in dog years. So this January, we'll be married 10 years. And so dog years is times seven, right? So <laughs> really, in the reality, we've been married 70 years. <laughs> That's right. And it totally makes sense. <laughs> 100%. So, uh, yeah. Like in the thick of all that, it was horrible. Like we were at the darkest place. And, um, like I didn't even take a maternity leave. I mean, the person I am today is very much present and so full of gratitude and like all these like beautiful things. But then that person who I was then was very much just feeling lack and loss and like regret and almost being in jail with this business. So this business in this industry that we were once so madly in love with, we hated it. We didn't want to show up. And at this point we had a team and, you know, just like constantly putting your game face on every single day to show up for them. Like it made me feel when I look back and I struggled with this, even after we sold the gym, I felt like I lived this era of my life, very inauthentic. And so I know that there's that sort of like fake it until you make it. And I think there's definitely some belief to that. But at the same time, I, I was like putting on this facade for so long for my staff. I mean, this, this period lasted years until we finally clued in to like, maybe we should, you know, get some help. Who <laughs> 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 so might know a thing or two. And I, so I felt very inauthentic and I felt fake to them. And I felt like I was always, you know, again, very people pleasing, telling everyone, whether it was a client or a staff member, telling everyone what they wanted to hear and showing up to like fulfill them, their role in their life, but not my own self. And so it was just, it was a really interesting place. And we, we work with so many fitness business owners today and coaching them. And I just, I see, I see so many of the same stories kind of circulate through the industry because it's so much of a grind with so many fitness business owners. Yeah, it's it's a huge struggle. And then there's a stigma behind it to where you, you shouldn't talk about it. You shouldn't talk about the fact that you're struggling or having issues or finding help is somehow something negative or bad. When it, when in reality, the concept of being in the weeds is perfect for the gym when we go and get in, in this environment because you're, you're so deep and you're so stuck. You walk in with a fake smile every day to put on the facade around and make everyone else happy. But then you have to kind of struggle with your own internal issues on your own or with your significant other, who's probably going through the same thing. And just the fact that you came out of it is, is huge. And the ability to talk about it is even bigger, even more big, whatever works in that said sentence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And I do think too, like I always felt this judgment. And so now I live in this like total, total space of vulnerability. And so I share with like the world and I love that about social media so much. I like share with the world what I'm going through, any sort of false beliefs or old stories that come up. I mean, I just really openly share that with my clients and with, you know, my, my following. And I think it's so important. And 
the the people will be attracted to you because of being so authentic and so vulnerable. But back then, I was so fearful of people judging me, especially my clients, that we would like paint this picture of like this beautiful life and all this stuff. And this kind of taps into the inauthenticity too. And it just it wasn't that case. And so it was like we were down this rabbit hole of making ourselves look this way. And um, yeah, it's, it's hard not to have regrets when you look back. And I, I know that it taught me so much about like who I am today and how, how we show up in the world. But yeah, it's, it's really just, it's, it's interesting. And like so many entrepreneurs, for sure in the fitness space, but all, all, all around that think like, if I just grind harder, if I just work more hours, if I just do this, and if I just do that, then I'll get to that point. And we've, we've talked with people who have been a business owner for 20 plus years, and they still aren't making ends meet. They're still struggling to get by. And I just, I hate that. Like, I, I hate it so much. And I will, I just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we learn to hate it because we, yeah. because when you live it, you learn to hate it because you know and understand and you have so much empathy towards the way other people feel. And, and it's a great place to be in because then you can be the one who gets people to speak or at least talk about it and open up and create solutions and help these people who may not be in that place. And like you're saying, grind for 20 years. And I see it all the time as well. You, you see the talking head that says you need to work 17 hours a day if you're not work harder. No, it's not. The, the concept isn't true. The concept is work smarter and be in a position to where you say, am I working in a position that's smart enough to where I'm going to excel and succeed? Or have I been grinding it out for 12 years and I just, I need to get out of this thing. Yeah. It's like this perpetual hamster wheel, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and you can see it in people so easily, especially when you've gone through it and, you know, Eventually, like my own opinion on this and my experience in traveling through this is that the universe is going to keep like throwing things on top of you, like a loss of clients or, you know, something, something happens in your health or just throwing stuff on top of you until you get so fed up. So here, while the universe is like maneuvering all these obstacles for you to get you to wake up, you're just over here working harder and grinding more hours. And so you're working against the thing that's trying to make things easier and the, like the breakthrough that's right in front of you. And so you can see this sort of conflict in this battle between you and the universe or God. And like, as soon as you get over to that threshold or, or really it's a, it's like a breakthrough moment where one, you either go bankrupt or, you know, I hear a lot of this with um, entrepreneurs completely hitting adrenal fatigue and being like bedridden and like, it just knocks you off so much that you have to wake up and then finally make those shifts and stop grinding and, you know, dedicate, like how many, how many fitness business owners don't even work out anymore? Oh yeah. A huge number that they go to the gym and they don't want to be there for as long. They just want to be there when they have to and leave and go home because they learn to hate it so much. And it's, it's sad to see because it's something they got into because they love that aspect of it. And then it gets to the point to where they just want nothing to do with any of it. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't even dedicate like self-love, like, you know, people don't even like, they don't even take the time to do 
things that light them up anymore. Like they, they don't even know what makes exactly. them happy. Like, That's huge. It's, like a- it's such a big issue. And I've, I noticed I've gone through this myself as well. Just you wake up and you're like, I've been in this fucking place for 12 hours a day, seven days a week recently for the last year. I'm, I'm putting myself in a position where I'm going to put myself first. And then you start getting out. So I stopped going to like a community events and trying to be there 24 seven and just you you're there when you need to be there. And then you go out and you schedule to go out on a hike, you hang out with family, you go out on movies every Sunday and you set yourself up. So you have an actual life. And then I think for me, the other big cataclysmic experience was when I had my daughter, which is, she's only 12 weeks old, but it changed the dynamic and the aspect and the way I think about everything. I don't even like to go to the gym if she's with me and hanging out for more than four hours, because I don't want her to have the experience of being in there 12 hours, 13 hours a day or have to be there with me. So it's really, you really learn and understand what's important for me and what's important for going, going to be important for me in the future. And how do I shift and adjust? So that way I am in a place to where I'm happy and the people around me are happy. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Like kids can so change things, right? And now you have this like higher meaning that you're working for or working, working like, oh, I just, like your, your, your kids are everything. Or for some people, it's like, I want to be able to work hard so that I can give back to my parents or whatever that like higher value point is for you. Like having that there and, and having that like be so such a powerful driver for you is, is beautiful. Yeah. It's amazing. It, it gives, it let, I think it puts you in a position where you can think outside your own box, pull yourself out of the weeds and figure out where you want to go and how you want to be there. So that way you don't eat shit for your whole life or wake up 20 years later and realize you weren't there at all. And, and that's a big thing that I went through is do I want to grind 15 hours a day and then wake up in 20 years? And I don't even know who my daughter is because I wasn't around her enough, but I was trying to make her life better by being absent. And so it's those situations that really make you think and, makes like your skin crawl and the hair stand up on the back of your neck. Cause you know, you have to create and affect that change because if you're in that position 20 years from now, it's, it's a sucky position to be in. And it's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. It's so true. So true. Yeah. So talk to me about how you went through. So you guys went to the point to where you had to find help and, and you did find help and you were able to, to sell your gym. And how did that go? Yeah. So it was really, we, you know, after the second almost bankruptcy, we, we reached that point where, and at this point I was pregnant, um, with, with our first child where we were like, oh crap, you know, and then same thing that you experienced Chandler, when you have a kid, you know, it really puts things into perspective. I'm like, we can't keep doing this. We can't keep, you know, wasting our life doing this. Like, we should be joyful. And, and I love that the more things you do that light you up and the more joyful things that you do in your days and in your weeks, the more things open for you. And so the universe wants you to be just so happy and abundant and everything. And so we found, we found a mentor, we found a coach, we hired that, that coach and we just started to get to work. And so not in a way where we continued hustling at the degree that we were, but we still, we dedicated really like two years. It felt like going through like university and learning business. So just reading all the books, absorbing all the information, going through different programs to learn sales and to learn duplication so that we could start to pull ourselves out when the time was right to learn how to market ourselves and just all this stuff. 
And uh, really, it was it was an amazing experience. And you know, we're, we were really good students and held each other accountable because we just wanted something better. When we were going through that process, our second child is two years and two days uh, younger than our first. And so we were going through that process, threw in another kid, and then it was like game time. Like, we're going to do this thing. Like, let's do this thing. And, and then things finally started to just fall into place. And so our team grew from about two people to 20. And we, towards the last couple of years of our business, we were able to pull ourselves out where we were only going in one half a day a week. And we really had, we had leadership teams in all areas of our business. And, and it was really awesome. And it was really, it was so great to be able to look back on that and to be able to have that achievement. Uh, and it was nice for a while, kind of like laying low and doing a bit of travel, which is really, really important to us. But then we got super, super bored. And so yeah. <laughs> we were like, okay, we've got to like move on to our next thing. And so we never, ever anticipated selling our gym. And in fact, we saw our kids growing up in the gym, possibly taking over the gym. And we were either going to franchise our business model, or we wanted to open up a second location. And it was really our business coach at the time who had us, you know, go back to the beginning and really hone in on like, what do we want out of this business and why do we want it sort of reestablish like everything that we wanted, like the essence of how we wanted to feel from the business. And, uh, so at first we were kind of annoyed, like we've already done this a million times. Like we don't yeah. Again, and so we did. We spent the month going through, kind of going back through these exercises. Like, well, what now? We have two kids. What do we really want out of our business? What's important to us? And and so once we did that, I remember we had this breakthrough moment. We were like thirty minutes before we had to pick our kids up from daycare, and we were sitting at Starbucks, and we both looked at each other at the same exact time, and we were like holy crap, we need to sell our business. Like it just, it hit us. It was so, it was so obvious. And our coach could see that, but wanted us to come to that conclusion on our own, like any good coach would want. And so um, fast forward six months and our head trainer purchased our business and we were on to the next venture. That's exciting. And so once you sold it, how did that feel? Oh, you know, it was mixed emotions, but it, we were very proud. We were so excited to be able to sell to him. So it was a really good experience just in that, like, so we, because we were such sucky leaders for so long, we had cleaned house from staff multiple times. So we would like hire people and then be like, oh, they all suck. We'd fire them. And then we'd hire people and we'd fire them. And then we finally realized that we were the sucky ones. Like we, we didn't know, you know, how to find the right people, what we even wanted. We dialed that in, started actually hiring good people uh, that were the right fit. But this one personal trainer who was with us, he was with us from the very beginning. And he's the only one that lasted the seven. <laughs> and so, and he never quit on us through all those transitions. He had such grace for the journey that we were on. We never fired him. And, um, and it, so we were very proud that he was the one that was taking over the business, but it was also just, <laughs> it was relief. Like, yeah, 
I mean, it was like, whoa, it was nice. Yeah. Which is incredible. It's like, what, what are we going to do now? We get all this freedom. We have our lives. It's like taking your life back our life back, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. So as, and then, so as you went through your next couple of businesses, you ended up, so you went through the, you have S3, which is yours, the supplement success system. And now you have the, a program where you basically teach entrepreneurs how to get their life back or something similar to like that. It's grind to glory, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so we launched S3. Really, we, we were super passionate about having freedom, working from home, like total flexibility to work anywhere. So we knew that having a brick and mortar business was not going to be something in our future, at least for quite a while. (laughs) So we launched this online business to really support other fitness business owners with our supplement profit center. And so we really spent a couple of years building that out, building the infrastructure uh, for an educational platform, sales, really sales training, all the things that I talked about that we needed in our business, basically having that, but for the supplement part of the business. And so, so we built that up and we started really onboarding, you know, we have hundreds of fitness business owners that we work with. And in that process, we, we really changed like having the freedom and the like clarity after we sold the business, we really started to delve into really the spiritual side of being (laughs) and working on you know, working on childhood trauma, working on old stories that were still circulating and like just false beliefs that we told ourselves. And so we hired our first spiritual coach and we started to go to events like, you know, Tony Robbins, Unleash the Power Within. And in that process and with working with all these other entrepreneurs now, because we've always worked with like fitness clients, right? Mm-hmm. And so now we were working with entrepreneurs and we were like, whoa, like, wait, like all the crap that we were dealing with, like they're all dealing with it. Yeah. And it's all there. It's all there. And like, we know how to get through it. I think, cause we got ourselves through it and we didn't really want to coach them on the business pieces uh, of that. Cause those are all like the tactics that you need to learn that are really mm-hmm. important. But we wanted to like really focus on like, the inner components and really growing yourself personally so that, you know, you, you, instead of running business in this masculine energy and very ego centered, you're running it more on the feminine side. Um, even if you're a man or a woman, right. We both have masculine and feminine energy, but running your business more of a place of like intuitive focus where you like the whole premise is moving people from a place of grind where it's a struggle, it's forced, it's very ego-centered, it's very masculine, and you're working a bazillion hours a week, you're strung out, you're getting adrenal fatigue, you're going bankrupt, like all this crap over here, to a place of glory, where success truly can come with ease and with grace. You don't have to, like that saying where, you know, you've got to work really hard to have success, or all good things come to those who wait. Like, it's all BS, I think. Mm -hmm. It's all things that we tell ourselves to make ourselves feel good and feed into our story, but success truly can come. Waiting for the dog to stop barking. (laughs) Uh, We'll we'll drown him out. (laughs) Success truly can come when you actually like let up a little bit 
instead of pushing harder. And so through working with entrepreneurs and seeing like, whoa, they're all like most of them were in like the thick of just ugh, this place that we were in. So although we can give them the tactics for having success with supplementation, like they won't ever truly reach their full potential because they're holding themselves back and they don't even know it. And so yeah. through that experience, we launched uh, a new business, which is called Grind to Glory. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. I like that. It's the concept of smart work. So are you working hard or are you working smart? If you're working smart, you're putting yourself in a position to where you're happy, your business is moving in the right direction, but you're not devoting your entire life and being to it. And I think there's a, a huge a market out there because people need it. They don't necessarily understand they need it because they're working so hard until they finally snap and they have to find help. And help isn't always right in front of them. Help is sometimes just lands in their lap or they see something on Facebook or whatever. But it's that piece that they need to really develop the other side of the business, which is the side of, do I, can I keep doing this? Do I want to? And how do I put myself in the right mindset to do it? Yeah, I mean, we're all on this earth to live beautiful life. Like, that is why we're here. But That's yet, right. We, you know, we tell her, like, it's really interesting because if you're in the fitness space, like, a lot of us coach our fitness clients into, like, enjoying the journey. And a lot of our clients will say, well, I'll feel X, Y, Z when I lose the 50 pounds or when I can fit into that bikini or when I can blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, as entrepreneurs, we do the same thing. It's like, yeah. I'm happy and be able to spend more time with my kids when I reach, you know, 5000 in profit a month or 10000 in profit a month. And instead, just having this sort of, like, I live by the rule. It's, this, it's called the Seven Laws of Spiritual Success by Deepak Chopra. And I just live by those rules. And one of them is the law of detachment the law of giving and receiving. And so just being in the state of gratitude, being present and like the sense of, if you focus on the past, like all the crap, like victim state or, you know, all the things that have happened to you or the debt you've created, you're living in a place of anxiety. And if you're too focused on the future, like I'm not going to be able to pay that bill next week when it comes in, I'm not going to be able to do X, Y, Z, then you're super stressed. But if you're just move yourself into a place of gratitude and showing up in that way and being grateful every day and having affirmations and meditation to be able to support that, then everything starts just, you attract abundance, you attract the clients, you, you attract all these things and you don't have to work so hard for it. It's amazing. Exactly. You make your environment a product of you versus just trying to be a product of your environment. You, you build and reap what you sow and take yourself from the victim mindset to the solution mindset. So this is going wrong, but this is how I'm going to fix it. This is what I'm working on. And that's how I'm going to get better. And so I think it's really neat. And, and it's an amazing pathway because like you're saying, you become, you're presently aware of what you're doing, what's going on. You're excited about what's going on. You have solutions for your issues and you're putting yourself into a place to where you're optimally well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's just, it's, it's such a better place to be a more rich and fulfilled place to be. And it could be even this transition of like, I have no money. I can't afford this. We're not going to be able to pay for this to a place. Of, obviously if you don't have money. Like, you know, you don't have money, but instead of dwelling on the last, just saying, all right, universe, God, whatever your belief system is, my bank account is wide open. 
And so it's these small like transitions in not only the words that we speak, but the things that we say to ourselves or even subconsciously. And when you start to do that, what I, what I love is this, um, this, the sense of like, when you transition your thoughts and your thinking into a positive mindset, like you could have 100 negative thoughts and like things swirling around up here. And all it takes is one positive thought or one positive, like verbally focused thing consciously to completely like negate a hundred negative. Exactly. Planting the seeds. Yeah. Like you don't even have to work that hard to get it. It's true. And when you think about the way the human mind works, it, the more you hear something, the more you start to believe it. So if you are constantly thinking here negative, but you say something positive or something that builds you up right afterward, you start to plant those positive seeds. And that's how you change and adjust the way your mind works and shift the mindset in terms of how you think about yourself and other people. Totally. Yeah. And it's almost like, it's not ignoring it. Cause I'll get asked like, well, should I just like that comes up? I just like shove it down. No, it's like letting yourself feel the feelings, letting those thoughts come through you, acknowledging them, but then tell like knowing what to do with it. And so immediately just shifting your focus and saying, that's not true. I won't stand for that. This is the truth. And then exactly. Which is great. Owning it. Yeah. And yeah. like feeling the, feeling the emotions, letting yourself get angry. Like it doesn't have to be this blissful, bubbly day every day. You can feel the feelings, exactly. the thoughts, right? But just making these subtle changes and then, you know, your life becomes this place of glory and, and it happens so fast. And it's so cool once it's done. Cause you're yeah. every day is an adventure. Yeah, so talk is. to me about, uh, so in two words, describe, what you felt like when you were at the bottom and then describe how you feel now. Okay. So at the bottom, defeated and lack. And then Perfect. now fulfilled and really like enlightened. I like it. That's perfect. So this has been a good talk. I think we could, we could actually go into another episode and just strictly talk about personal development and go straight into it. And I think I'll have to invite you for a part two. keep the listeners excited. So yeah. if someone wants to get a hold of you, how can they get a hold of you or get in contact with you or learn more about what you're doing? Yeah. So this grind to glory is really a movement. And so I think the easiest place to start is just searching me on Facebook, which is Jessica. And then it's page like page in a book, P A G E. Perfect. I like it. Thanks for jumping on. Uh, I'll probably bring you back on for a second part. Cause I think we can do a whole hour on just personal development talk, which would be pretty cool now that we got your, your story set up and good to go. And a lot of lessons and nuggets of gold in that story. So make sure you guys find Jessica Remember at Jessica and page like page in a book. If you have questions for me, as always, just shoot me a Facebook message. It's facebook.com forward slash chance logic. And this has been a great episode. Thanks again, Jessica. Any last words? No, it's just really an honor. It's such a big topic. And so, yeah, trying to just unwrap it. I think if someone just, you know, cues in on one shift they can make and just holds themselves to that and just knowing there's a better way. Exactly. I love it. All right. Thanks again. And thanks everybody for listening. See ya.